nobody wants to live a life that is out. It's not pleasing. Praise Jesus. Amen. Uh, if you read the Amplified Bible, John 10, verse 10, it says, I am come that they may have life and have it more abundantly, and so that they may enjoy it. Life is meant to be enjoyed. Praise Jesus. Amen. Praise Jesus. Amen. Praise Jesus. Amen. Amen. So, greeting neighbor, David Shalom. Shalom. Yeah. On both sides, David Shalom. Because God gave us the standards of His righteousness. 
standard of his holiness. But you see, we couldn't reach those standards. We couldn't make it to up to those standards that God wanted us to wanted us to know about him, that he is holy, he is righteous. We couldn't. Until he himself came. He came. The one that the Bible says, then read from Adam to Moses. Praise him. Yeah. When the Lord came, meaning that any person who would have fulfilled the law to the Lord would not die. Meaning that uh, death would not have power over him because he has fulfilled the commandments. Praise Jesus. Mm-hmm. Praise Jesus. Mm-hmm. But people were dying. <coughs> Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Then came a man, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And he fulfilled the law to the dogs. The Bible says, he knew no sin. In him there was no sin. He committed no sin. Praise Jesus. Amen. Praise Jesus. Amen. Praise Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And now, when we believe in his work, then his righteousness. But when the Bible says, in him there is no sin, he committed no sin. And he knew no sin. That kind of righteousness is imputed in you. That in you there is no sin. Only when you believe in him. He knew there is no sin. You know no sin. And you commit no sin. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Say I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Tell your neighbor you are the righteousness of God in Christ. Tell the other neighbor you are the righteousness of God in Christ. You are wonderful and fearfully made. Praise Jesus. It's amazing. It's amazing. The love of God for us. We didn't meet up to standards, but he came. He died for our sake, and now he lives again. And he is in us. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Now, righteousness too. Hallelujah. Amen. Righteousness too. Today, honest talk on two things. Number one, I'll talk on condemnation. In the second part, I'll talk of. Uh, I know we really understand. Okay, this is your year of reigning, right? Amen. Yeah, I really want to touch on that. Kumbawai, your chairman said, those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life. <clears throat> what is the basis of that? So I want to speak of that thing. Amen. Praise Jesus. Amen. Praise Jesus. Amen. Are you ready? Amen. Are you ready? Amen. Amen. So, in the Garden of Eden, man fell and he went to hide himself. Praise Jesus. Amen. Why? Adam said, when God asked him, Adam, Adam, where are you? He said, I am here, I am. Praise Jesus. Amen. 
because I was afraid when I heard your voice. Praise Jesus. Mm. So most of the times when we sin, fear develops in us. We are afraid. And most of the times we really don't want people to know. And when they know, you have this sense of guilt in you. Praise Jesus. Mm. And this automatically limits our freedom of enjoying life. It really limits our, our freedom of enjoying the life that we are supposed to be living. And for that matter there, this sense of condemnation in us, it always brings death. Praise Jesus. Amen. Praise Jesus. Amen. Condemnation kills. And the thing that the devil does is after you condemn, after he has condemned you, after he has brought the thoughts of condemnation, you have condemned yourself, he isolates you. Praise Jesus. Amen. In a place where nobody will ever come to speak to you, you never want to hear anything from anyone because you feel as though you are already everyone. So that sense of guilt starts consuming you. You start having thoughts like, why am I living? What is the essence of life? Why? Because you're already broken in the inside. Praise Jesus. Amen. And nobody can heal that. You doctors can prove it. There's no cure that is in there for condemnation. You bring motivation speakers, the psychiatrists, they will never take it away. Praise Jesus. Amen. Praise Jesus. Amen. Yeah. So several times we fall short. We get we fall into sin. And there's this sense of fear that develops in us. It is condemnation. Praise Jesus. Amen. And this condemnation most of the times comes from the devil. Why? Because he was once an archangel. There were three cherubims in the beginning. No, before the beginning, right? <laughs> before the beginning. Hallelujah. <laughs> yes. So, and Lucifer was one of them. Now, cherubims are. Custodians of God's righteousness. So, because the law came, the devil now has an opportunity to say, You see, you have not met up to the standards of God. You don't deserve to be loved by God. You have committed this sin. You're supposed to die because the law says, The soul that sins must die. Your life is not worthy living. What are you living for, by the way? If you have already annoyed God, you have not made up your standards. Then when these things come, you can cry and cry and cry. You'll never have peace. 
some hope to take alcohol. They take alcohol and we find them in the uh, we find them sleeping on the roads and everywhere. But still, that goes to haunt you. You have not met up to the standards of God. You have not done it enough. Sometimes it has reached even to the things that really are good, but uh, maybe the church has presented to us now as though when we don't do them, then they're seen as though you have committed sin. Praise Jesus. Amen. You have not studied the word of God. Today you have not read the Bible. Today you have not prayed. How do you think you can please God if you have not prayed? If you have not gone to church today? Condemnation. And this will make you hide yourself from the leaders. You will hide. You will not want them to, you will not want to talk to them. When you hear them calling you, you won't pick up the phone. That is condemnation. <clears throat> Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Amen. So it comes in different forms. It comes in different forms. Sometimes you could be in class, you don't have a pen, your brother is not there, you just take a pen like, I guess I'm going to return it. But when you take it, you're like, the thought comes, you're still. Yes, we have had such experiences. Condemnation. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Are we getting some? that thought comes today in your life. You don't find a sense of living. Like, why did I have to do that? You feel like erasing that history, but it's already a history. It doesn't change. It's already there. And it has reached a point where like, even for those people who almost received Christ, they find a life I've got to do more. I need to reduce the number of sins that I've committed so that I can be saved. I can't go before God like this while I'm a sinner. Because I can't please God. If you tell him, hey, you see Christ as you are, he says, say, no, I'm not ready. It's all sense of condemnation. If only we would have understood that the only person who qualifies for Jesus Christ, who qualifies for a Savior, is a sinner. If only these people would have known that they fully qualify, they have all the qualities for a Savior, they will turn to the cross. They will turn to the cross. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Amen. And now, what is it now? What next? All over. Condemnation. Guilt. Shame. 
you steal something, you don't even your mom, your mom to like. Okay, those days when we were young, your sisters or your brothers when they do wrong, and you you go to tell your mom like, brother has done so and so, they will tell you, ah, praise Jesus. That is condemnation. Praise Jesus. But we thank God. Because he's the God that loves us so much. And by the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, he has cleared, he has purified, he has sanctified our conscience. And we have a free conscience. And by the, 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 the sacrifice that he made on the cross, he has taken away every of our sin. He has acquitted us from all sin. Why? Because he came and met the demands of the Lord. Despite the fact that we were guilty, but there's a person who came and died for us so that we should not experience eternal death and eternal damnation. Praise Jesus. Amen. Praise Jesus. Amen. Now, John chapter 8, we find a woman who was caught in adultery. And the Lord is saying that uh, if any person is caught in adultery, this person should be stoned to death. Praise Jesus. Amen. And now the Pharisees and the Sadducees brought this woman. Now, remember, this woman was caught in the act. It was not like it was a hearsay. It's that I don't know what happened. One thing I know, she was caught in the act. And now they brought her to Jesus, trying to see what would Jesus say. Praise Jesus. And this woman really understood that indeed the Lord says, You're caught. Committing adultery, he was stoned to death. And now they are coming to the person who wrote the law. This is the person who wrote the law. They are going to him. Praise Jesus. Only if this woman would have known, that's where she's going to be rescued. Praise Jesus. And they, 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 they told Jesus. We have got this woman in adultery. And the Lord says that uh, if you find any person committing adultery, this should be stolen unto them. What do you say? And Jesus looked at them. And he knelt down. And he wrote. And he said, anyone, anyone among you who has not seen should be the first one to throw his heart. The woman was lying there. Why? Because she was expecting. Stones. She was facing down. She was expecting people to stone her. Only Jesus would ask her, Woman, is there anyone to condemn you? She lifted up her eyes and found no one. And she said, No one, Lord. But Jesus was there, who had every right to condemn her. And he said, Neither do I condemn you. 
going to say no. Watch and leave. Will this woman go and sin again? No. Praise Jesus. She will not go and sin anymore. Why? Because she has encountered the greatest form of love ever. That despite the fact this is the man who is supposed to condemn me, but he says, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. You are free. We've got to understand that in neither we are forgiven of all our sins. And our sins have been acquitted. Nobody can raise up any accusation against you. Why? If you read in Romans, it says, Who shall put a charge against the God's elect? No one. Because Christ died for them. Who then shall condemn? It is Christ who was crucified, and now he has risen. No one shall put a charge against the God's elect. Those that are his, no one shall put a charge against them. No one. Because it is God who has justified them and he has declared them not guilty. It is God that has declared to you, you are not guilty of any offense. Why? Because Jesus Christ has taken all of your sins and they are all punished at the cross. And therefore, what is left with you? What is left with you? Praise Jesus. Amen. How do you get out of the court? Knowing that there is a person who has taken all, he has taken your place, he has gone to jail for your sake, he has been punished for your sake. How do you get out of the jail? How do you get out of the court? And the judge has said, you are not guilty of any offense. So the only time when we are going to understand that Christ has taken all of our offenses, every of our sin, not even one that is left, Set you free from sin. Yeah. That when you understand 
pure mindset. The only thing that you could think of is the love of God. He has purified you. He has purified you. And that's why he says, he made him who knew no sin to become sin for you. So that you become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So that you become the righteousness of God. Blameless. Spotless. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. When these thoughts come, when these things come in your mind, say there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Yes, 
One day, the, the man who God says, this is the man after my own heart. Plotting to kill a person. Um, and of course he succeeded. He said, put him in the front line. Because he wants to go and fight. Put him in the front line so that he will die. But what was he doing? He was hiding this thing that he did. But still God says, he is the man after my own heart. Praise Jesus. Who are you today? Who do you think you are? That God will not recognize you as a person of his own heart. After all the things that you have committed. And this, it was before even Christ came. One of us who Christ has come, we are greater than them. There's no way God is going to be, is not going to be pleased with you. There's no point in time. There is no point in time. God is forever pleased with you. He doesn't condemn you. He will always embrace you. He will always accept you because of the sacrifice that he made on the cross. Because he made a conscious decision with a sober mind. He was not confused. And he cannot alter his, his words, what he did. Because he did it consciously because he loves you so much. So much. And because of that, he broke the walls of sin. They fell to the ground. And he reached for you. He picked you from the middle grave. And brought you to the place of honor. Amen. And he has now exalted you. He has made you sit with Christ in his right hand. You reign with Christ. No wonder we are heirs to the throne of God. Despite the fact that our God will not die, it doesn't matter. We are reigning with him. Because we are heirs of the kingdom. Joint heirs with Christ. You see, we have no difference with Christ. Because we are joint heirs. It doesn't end on, only on earth. Some of the Christ family would know we are joint heirs with Christ. He has placed us in the position of his son. Because he devoted us to his son. Even when we were sinners. And that's why he paid the price of his son. His, the, the blood of his only son. And today, he's our brother, he's our friend. He says there's no greater love than this. That a person lay his life for his friends. No greater love. No greater love. How do you expect to be loved? And he has said to you, he doesn't condemn you. The moment you go to him, accept you. He will not throw you away. He will not throw you away. And you see, he has given us his word. It is his word that is always cleansing us. Because we are living in the world where it's so much polluted. But whenever we encounter the world, we are being washed by the word. Every now and then, we are always lovely before his sight. We are all beautiful before his sight. When he looks at us, he's proud of us. If anybody would ask God, show me your righteousness. And he shows you like, that is my righteousness. Because you're the righteousness of God. He says, that is my righteousness. He is proud of you. Because he has created you in his image. He has begat you. No matter what happens. Even if the child could be how crooked. 
a genuine mom, a genuine dad, will always have hope to that son. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. There is death for now condemnation. So do not allow condemnation to, to haunt you. Do not allow it. Because the Bible clearly says there is death for now condemnation. Don't condemn yourself. The moment you find the sense of condemnation, go back to the Bible. You see, the reason as to why Paul started with this statement that there is death for now condemnation. This statement is on my brother's daughter. This statement was supposed to be the last one in that chapter. But he began with it that there is therefore now not a revelation. <coughs> the reason he started to explain it. But this statement was actually supposed to be there. But he started with it so that you should understand. It's important about everything that you understand. Because you are living in a world where everyone will condemn you. People will condemn you. You don't reach up the standards. You have not reached the, 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 the past mark. You will be condemned. You will be condemned. You will not have the strength to face anyone. When you fail, you will not have the strength to face even your friends. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. But Christ took away our shame. We don't need to be ashamed anymore. Even when we fail, we are not going to be ashamed. We're not going to be identified by what we do. Because that's not who we are. Our value is found in Christ Jesus alone. So if there's anything, whether I get a, a GPA of 5, whether I get a GPA of 3.5, whether I get a GPA of 2, that's not my value. My value is in Christ Jesus alone. The moment you accept to value yourself with your GPA of 5, the next time you get a GPA of 2, yourself to that GPA and you say I'm not qualified for anything you you, you identify yourself by what you do but that's not what God wants your value is found in the world get appointed to the world enter your life to the world of God and see yourself who you are in Christ Jesus that you are the beloved one of God you are all together loving in him Yes, you are all together loving. Even when we fall, you know why we fall? We fall to the cross. The moment we rise up, we, did, we see the cross. After we have seen the cross, we see his perfect work. And we are lifted up. We are strengthened the more. Because the cross proclaims one thing that is therefore now no condemnation and he says I will not judge you because I will judge Christ we are the ones who are going to be judging nations seated before Christ behind Christ judging other nations you will not be judged but you will be judging nations Christ paid the price and today you are his righteousness you are his righteousness. Don't accept condemnation. When it comes, go back to the Lord. See who God says you are. See, God, see who God says you are. And take that one as your identity. That indeed you are a king. That indeed you are a priest in him. He has not made you a beggar. He didn't die to make you a beggar. No, he died to make you a king. Kings are 
are wealthy. Let me tell you, kings are wealthy. Kings are not poor. They are wealthy. He became poor for your sake. This was the substitution that took place. He lived the poor life not because he was poor, but because you are you you deserve to be poor. But he said he lived that life to be poor so that you would be rich. It's your right to be rich. Don't settle for a poor life. Don't settle for a bitter life. Because Christ didn't die to make you that. He died to make to, to, to place honor in you, to make your great value, to make you a person who will who will really represent him. And indeed turn this world upside down. Because indeed the world needs us. And we are ready. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. No matter what sin you have committed, go to the cross. The cross is written. There is death. Now no condemnation. Even if you are born again, go to the cross. Because you can never be taken down beyond the cross. Because the cross is our starting point. In that starting point, you know what is there? There is victory, there is success, there is honor, there is every good thing there. So, we start our lives from victory. If it is conquering, we are going to be conquering every now and then. Even if you are beaten down, you have gone, you are falling, you fall to the cross, pop, and the cross is there. You are still winning. You don't lose. They think maybe ah, we have already beaten this man. Only to find out you are rising again. The nature of righteous. I said last time in the town, a righteous man may fall down seven times. Yes. Seven means perfection. You fall seven times. The Bible says, He rises. He rises again. He rises again. When he sees the cross, he sees what Christ has done. And he says, yes, the world needs me. The world indeed needs me. No matter what will happen, I do not count my life worthy unto myself. For the thing that God has placed in me for this world. They will tell you, ah, this person has just come. She's an adulteress. He's a murderer whatsoever. Christ has saved you. You say, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. He's another man. This man never existed. So if they bring to you such kind of things, you tell them, that man died. He doesn't exist. He no longer lives. The man that given that is the man that Christ paid the price for and is now
I remember we had an exam, a final exam for, for this semester. Though this is a course for corporate governance. So we were given a certain case of a man who was a journalist and they went to Sudan to check to take note of the people who were suffering from famine in Sudan. So this man, he had his own story. That one was sent, I was sent the story to the chairman who sent to you. So he reached a point whereby when they came with plates with food, so the parents were going to take food for their children or whatsoever. So he was just going to look around. So he found a certain lady. This journalist is called Ken Carter, if you've heard of him. So he, he saw a small child, a little child, he's just sitting somewhere. And uh, there was a vulture behind So he took the vulture. He, he wanted to take a, a, a shot. So he took a, a photograph of that one. And that photo, of course, until you see the one, but it circulated all over, all over. But people say like, because after that he didn't do anything with the church, he just left, he, he, he chased the vulture and he went away. So the people were asking like, what happened to the child after that? And uh, people of ethics and also ever were questioning like, this guy, why didn't he have to help the child to go to the, to the center where they are providing food? So everybody was carrying up, it was all over in the news, in the media. And there were a lot of scenes that this guy encountered. All of these were eating him up. Until finally, he committed suicide. He committed suicide. Praise Jesus. But at what time did he commit suicide? It was immediately after he received a prize of that photograph that he took. So when we say condemnation kills, because he said one thing and I think I wrote it here. You see, he says like this, the pain of life overrides joy to the point that joy no longer exists. He was already consumed with condemnation in him. He was haunted everywhere. He's telling you, he just sees all the things in him. There's nothing that, is, that he thinks of until he says to this point, the pain of life overrides John to the point that John does not exist anymore. So he, after receiving the award, a few days later, he committed suicide. So many people will appreciate it, but that doesn't cure condemnation. It's only the cross that will take out condemnation. Only the cross of Jesus Christ. And cling to him Embrace him. Whenever you fall, run to him because he's your rescue. I believe this woman who was caught in adultery, the next time she sinned, she will just run to Christ because that's our hope. Where can we run to? Where do we run to? You run to men, they will condemn you. You run to anybody, they will reject you. Run to Christ. Run to Christ, and He's eagerly waiting to receive you and embrace you.
when they found out the prodigal son. There was he was eagerly waiting for his son. The son didn't see the father, but the father saw the son coming with his own majestic cross. I believe he had it like this because he wanted to run well. From the top of his beauty, he dropped down and he was running. He was running. Love will search for you. That's what love does. And that's what God did. He ran towards us. He ran towards us. The moment we want to put some excuses, because those excuses, they'll just point as though there's some justification in you. There's nothing that is righteous in you. There's nothing that is that, 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 that is good in you because he says that your righteousness are as filthy rags. So do not think that uh, you're going to be a person who is going to do any good to make you right before God. He says your righteousnesses are as filthy rags. But today he has imputed you with his righteousness. And when he looks at you, he's proud of you. Tell him that God is proud of you. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Yes. So don't be consumed by, by condemnation. The moment you understand that He paid it for you, you'll be free. You'll be free. You'll be free. And you'll be free indeed. You'll not be ashamed. Praise Jesus. You'll not be ashamed of anything. You don't be ashamed. Why? Because even when you speak of it, you're not condemned. Even when you speak of it, nobody will see. We go to the church and see. Brother Waitete did one, two, three. He has committed this and he has confessed it. He says, there's no record of that. And I've already declared him not guilty. He's free. Enjoy your life in Christ Jesus. The only thing that we are left with is to testify of the way Christ has taken us from this state. That indeed Christ saves. Come on, I was a sinner. And now I'm a saint. I was a person who is rebellious against God, but today I am a friend of God. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. There is therefore now no condemnation. Don't condemn yourself. Don't condemn yourself. Take the scriptures and read them. Meditate on the love of God for you. Because love does not keep a record of sin. Doesn't keep a record of sin. No, so don't think like God is keeping a record of this. He's keeping a record of this sin. No. All of your sins, all of your sins, after you're born again, they were past. Even the future sins are past. Because I say, the cross, the cross, Wrote all the times of this earth and the seasons at one point. So all the, the sins that were in the future were brought back to the cross. And the ones that were past were brought back to the cross. And because God is so righteous, even the people who died before, they are not yet judged. He never judged them. Yes, they died, but they were not judged. There was a place that they were waiting. And they were waiting for the Christ, for the Messiah to come. And when he came, for all those who looked forward to Christ, those who, came, who were looking forward to the coming of the Savior, 
He rose up with them. And the heavens were opened. And they entered into heaven. That was the first time men entered heaven. Because Christ's blood sanctified and purified heaven. He sanctified all of them because he paid for the sins past, present, and future. Or mercy or 
to have a kindness. Praise Jesus. I'll go step by step. Then we will go to Romans then. Because you're waiting for me to mention Romans, right? <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Yes, we begin from there. Now, we have had this thought since when we were young, like, Shetani and Tabuta, what of the night is in? Which one I want to write? We have had that thought, right? Praise Jesus. What I'm telling you, uh, the devil is coming. He's intelligent. Praise Jesus. He has a plan that was there before. Praise Jesus. And he, he hasn't changed it. The plan of the devil is to take over the throne of God. Is to take over the throne of God. Praise Jesus. And because God is so righteous, my goodness, he may love this guy. There were one kind of angels that followed him. Then there was a war. Praise Jesus. Back then. Hallelujah. And they fought. So he fell. He was taken down. Praise Jesus. And that's what they are called the fallen angels. Right? Because of the majesty that God placed on Lucifer. The one that were not foolish to follow Lucifer. Because they saw his majesty. And that's why they have to hide him up with the things that this guy is, the way this man is blessed. Anyway, they, I don't know, they broke him up. That was all his, but it was just God that has blessed him with that. So they have to lie now. Because it was, it was so convincing, but this guy can defeat all of them. Praise Jesus. Because he's the only one, he was the only archangel that could come very close to the mountain of God. Can you imagine that? Not even Michael. Not even Gabriel. No one, no one of you here, some of us would have liked that also. <laughs> Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Yeah, that is what he wanted. Praise Jesus. So because he knew this and now he's fallen, right? He wants to temper God's righteousness. So that he should be thrown God from in authority and take over. He had the first plan. He went to Eve and deceived Eve. Praise Jesus. Eve, man disobeyed God. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Because he knew the nature of God. Right? So, man deceived God and disobeyed God. Right? I mean, man disobeyed God. Praise Jesus. So the devil was waiting. This God is loving. He's righteous. Let me see how it's going to work out here. Because he loves them. He cannot punish them. But if he doesn't punish them, he's going to be unrighteous. Then he's not worthy of the throne. Do you get me? They are strategic planners. They are masterminds. What one of the Praise Jesus. You stay where you tell me. God is love. God is gracious, right? 
I say the throne of God is established what? On grace and righteousness. If by any means it's going to be unrighteous but gracious, he's not worthy of the throne. By any means it's going to be gracious and he's not going to be gracious, but it's going to be righteous, he's not worthy of the throne. So it's supposed to be taken out. Praise Jesus. Thank God he is God. Thank God he is God. At the cross, his righteousness and his grace intersected. Because you will never find a king who will intersect these things. Only God himself at the cross. Because of his love for us and he acted graciously on us, right? He didn't punish us. But because he is righteous, he has to punish us. He has to punish Jesus Christ on the same body. So he was righteous. He was gracious at the same point. The devil didn't have any place to touch him. And that's why until today, our God still stands on the throne. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Amen. Proverbs 16, 12 and Proverbs 20, 28. These are the verses I'm telling that the throne is established on righteousness. And Proverbs 20, 28 says the throne is established on his loving kindness or grace or mercy. You read the translations they give you those words. Praise Jesus. Amen. So the throne, any throne, is established on righteousness and grace. Why are kings falling? Because in one way or another, they didn't act on these two principles. But our God worked on them. And on the cross, He was righteous, He was gracious. He was righteous, He was loving. He forgave forgave all of our sins, but He punished all of our sins. He didn't just let them go, because He would be unrighteous. So, He was righteous in making us righteous. He was so righteous. So what is what is there? He punished your sins. And he loves you so much. Such that he couldn't punish you. So he had to punish your sins in the body of his son. Jesus Christ. And that's the only way he would have acted. Righteous and loving at the same time. And that's why the devil was Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Are you getting me? This can be new wine in most of you. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. So don't think the devil is like handing people a mortal. No. He's hunting the throne of God. One has view. One has view. Now. about the temptations of Jesus. So even the temptations of Jesus Christ, they were not to do about turning the stone into bread. It was not about that. That was the prototype of something. Of course, that was the thing that happened also in the Garden of Eden. So it was a matter of handling also authority to the devil. The same way Adam and Eve did in the garden of Eden. 
So this time, it was the second Adam that is being tested. If you're the son of God, turn this stone into bread. These people, you know how were they deceived? You become like God. And in fact, they already created an image and a likeness of God. And this time, the devil said, if you're the son of God, Jesus said, it is written, man shall not be my friend. <laughs> this guy was hungry. He was hungry. But he said, man shall not be my friend alone. Yeah. But everyone that protected from the mouth of God, yeah. that was one. I could watch He took me to the temple, to the highest building, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, throw yourself down. Because it is written, God will send his enemies. And you not wrong, my goodness. Jesus. Jesus. Have you ever wondered if the devil would have come successfully even in this? Have you ever wondered if Christ was defeated, would have fallen short in these temptations? Where would we have been today? Meaning that if Christ died, he wouldn't have come back to life. He wouldn't have come back to life. He wouldn't. But he said, it is written. We don't test the Lord your heart. Then he was taken. He was taken to see that the devil had shown him the majesty and the, and the things that he had. said, if only you worship me, I'll give unto you this. What if Jesus would have wanted all those things? The same way we are tempted today with material things of this world and we give our lives for. What if Jesus would have given up and said, wow, I'll have all this. But Jesus looked at the glory that was after the cross. He looked at the glory that was beyond the cross. And he said, it's written. Now, shall we worship the God, the only one God. That's it. And the devil was He didn't have anything. And what would have been left from God? Because he gave everything. Because he put everything in Christ. And nothing was left. There's no sacrifice that was left. There's no sacrifice that is left. And now, even this sacrifice has been compromised. There wouldn't have been salvation. There wouldn't have been, there wouldn't have been salvation. Thank God. Thank God. He won it all. And that's what we see. Victory belongs to Jesus. Victory belongs to Jesus. Victory belongs to Jesus. Victory belongs to Jesus. It's not a matter. Maybe we, we, have, we have been so short-sighted, like these temptations were like, 
Sijui the devil comes to tempt you for food, sijui for wealth. Yes, it's very true. Praise Jesus. But the reason we are the devil is so clever to tempt you for such kind of a thing. He's not after it. He's after the throne of God because he wants to take over. That thing hasn't changed. And that's why even today, he's condemning you, he's condemning you so that you can find that God is not righteous. But God is righteous. He has declared you not guilty. He doesn't condemn you. He's so righteous. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. So, by any means, if God will be unrighteous, He's not worthy of the throne. He's not worthy of the throne. But thank God, thank God, He is righteous. He is righteous. There's no way out the man could think grace and righteousness would at a certain point in time would come and intersect. You wouldn't have thought of that. And that's why we human beings, if with this, with people who start business and economics, we say there's something known as opportunity cost. You have to forego something to get up something. But God didn't forego anything for your sake. Can you imagine if the devil would be ready? Even more So if 
said I will not be a leader by any means. I won't. So I remember it was a time when there was a certain move of the spirit in man. It was not just that. Everyone knew there was something that was happening. Everyone knew. Praise Jesus. So because of that, the students' government told us not to be using the church for fellowship. So it kind of limited us to fellowship. Sometimes we use the football pitch because they would just meet. But we continue praying. The impact was increasing. Everyone knew, even the administration, they knew. Now, there were elections. Now my friends were telling me like, we just don't take the phone. I said, you be watching. Now if I look the way the previous school was watching, I said, no, you want to get time to, to study. There's no way out. That guy was busy. I said, no way out. You want to meet me like that? No way out. I want to study right now. By the way, I want to take some things that I never wanted to study. Praise Jesus. And things started changing. 
we went back and used the church. It was a great moment. It was the time when uh, a lot of people received Christ. Even my leaders. We are standing out of power. I believe 80% of my leaders were born again. Praise Jesus. We had freedom for many things. Like if it is service, it wouldn't bother us. And you see, I received favor from the teachers. And whenever I could present something to the teachers, our second master was like, ah. until he accepts something, very hard. You can watch even the whole day. But as for me, I will go talk to him, and he says, okay, do it. Go along. There are a lot of things that happened. A lot of things for the church. And that was the time when we established the atmosphere that is there right now. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. When the righteous takes off, they will always be on the side of the gospel. They are always going to be on the side of the gospel. Because they understand what it means to reign. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. So it's very important. It's very important. Until today, because uh, the ministry that I'm in was established there in mind. You go there, you only find Zoe. You only find Zoe. You don't find any other people. Today I've met one of my brothers. He started there, but he can He joined the school when I left. And he said, Brother, I know you. You know the mighty that they're talking about there in mind. He never found me. But what is it? The impact of the gospel. Because it's the one that is there. Another day I was in my Christmas holiday, one brother, I never met him, he came to me like, this is my tete. I was like, my goodness, this guy knows me. And he told me, I'm standing in Mali. I never met him, but he knows me. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. We should be afraid of taking positions in the governments, in whatsoever place. Because we are the ones who really understand all this. If you want to be leaving them for some, and we say, okay, we just want to be praying. No, there's a point God wants you to go. Get into the system, change the system, get out. That system will prevail forever and ever. Because you establish things in the righteousness of God. That's it.
Righteousness, we are the righteousness of God, we shall reign. 
Thank you. 